Hello everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike and it is a beautiful spring evening here in Japan. The sun is setting. Uh, sky is really orange and just just a beautiful beautiful day. Got to go out to uh, lunch today instead of eating in my car which I do often on Wednesdays, but I actually went out to a restaurant that uh, I have frequented many times before, but I haven't been there in probably a year or two. Oh man, the sunset's just gorgeous. Anyway, I went there today for lunch and it was really nice, but I didn't end up recording a podcast this morning because I was listening to the uh, Celtics game on the way, which they lost frustrated about, but I ended up listening to the Celtics game that was live on the way here this morning, and so I thought I'd record a podcast on the way home, which I'm probably going to have to pause at some point because I need to make a phone call. I don't know. Maybe I'll just let you hear my phone call to my wife. My wife returned from Hawaii today. Uh, She uh, was there for a couple weeks, uh, spending time with our daughters, who uh, two of two of which live there. Uh, one, my oldest daughter's getting ready for her uh, marriage to uh, Rob, Rob McGrath, um, this summer. So in about three months, I guess, two, maybe two months, we're going to have that wedding. Anyway, she got home today. Now, I... I've been thinking the last couple days, I may yawn a couple times by the way, I'm pretty tired. I just wanna put that out there. I am a little sleepy. But I have, I did think of a maybe a nice, uh, maybe even a series, I don't know, but I thought of something that we could talk about uh, that I thought would be perhaps interesting. Of course, it depends on where it goes. Uh, and that is, what, what would I tell what would I tell a person who uh, is questioning um, their faith what what advice could I give them uh, how, how much how much should one tell somebody who's thinking about deconstructing their faith a little bit how how much how much at one given time should should you burden somebody with? You know, should you should you scale it back, or should you just lay it on them? Um, and I, you know, when I was when I was uh, in big religion, uh, I I thought that questioning one's faith was a very negative thing. I thought if somebody was actually questioning their faith, um, that that they were going down a very dangerous road. And I probably believe that 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 you that you could just turn it off if you wanted to. Like that if you were questioning your faith, you were probably doing it for some rebellious reason or something like that or you know, maybe somebody hurts your feelings or maybe you're trying to 
get back at somebody like a parent or or a religious leader for slighting you or something. I, I may have thought that. And I, and I would have thought that, you know, in no way, shape, or form should one ever uh, question their faith. Like, it's, it's not a good thing to do. Whereas now, my position is everyone should be questioning their faith. Right? We, we should always be uh, asking ourselves why we believe what we believe and whether or not there are good reasons to believe what we to believe what what whether or not there are good reasons to believe what we believe uh, now I think that's a, a big plus so if, if somebody were to ask me knowing that I have largely deconstructed my faith and gone on a journey that's quite different from those still in institutional church if they were to ask me to to tell my story to give my testimony if you will uh, about that journey how much how much should I you know how much should you lay on somebody what are the limits so I'm gonna kind of brainstorm this idea uh, and I'll probably just start with the idea of faith Right? So if we're talking about deconstructing our faith, I think, I think we can deconstruct faith into many, many subcategories. And one would be faith in the existence of God or any gods. I think that would be one step uh, to have to have faith or to not have faith in the existence of God at all. Now this is a fairly modern idea. Um, because really the default historical position is that gods exist. People in every country, uh, from every culture and language have always believed in the existence of gods, always believed that there was something greater than mankind. This has been the default position uh, of the peoples of the world for many, many, many years, as far back as we know, right? Um, even into prehistory, we know that, that people believed in powers, right? Uh, entities that were stronger, greater, um, had greater longevity, or you know, lasted longer, or were eternal, or what what have you. Uh, we know that that's been the case for many years. In fact, we don't know that that's ever not been the case. As far as we know, that has always been the case. Now. You know, m mind you, the, the the types of gods that have existed have, have been quite different. Um, you know, from from you know pantheism to where you know there are gods in everything, from rocks to animals to trees to what have you. But I think that's one area of faith that you could set aside that needs to be considered separately. I would say. Um, and to believe that there is no God is to be an atheist and therefore you have no faith to really deconstruct. So if you don't pass that test, 
right? Do you believe in the divine? Uh, that would be one one step, okay? Um, and sure, you can you can deconstruct that faith if you'd like, if that's something you want to really look into. Uh, I think that's probably the most difficult one to to find a reason to believe in, uh, especially in this modern world. There, there are so many voices and, and people, uh, you know, celebrities and, and scientists and, and what have you who are atheists. It's, it's very in vogue to be uh, atheist these days. And so um, that might be the hardest one to prove. To prove that there is a God is, is pretty difficult. Uh, but I don't think most people that are deconstructing their faith really begin there. Now, that, that can be something that suddenly they, they ask themselves, you know, do gods or does God or the God of the Bible, does he even exist? And if they say no, well, then, you know, that's kind of your job done. Because everything, everything depends on that, really. Uh, maybe not everything. Let, let me scale that back just a little bit so the other part is um, we get to Jesus right so another part of your faith would be uh, could be possibly uh, did Jesus exist and as far as I know no serious scholars deny that a person named Jesus of Nazareth lived around 2,000 years ago in Palestine. I think, I think most scholars would agree that Jesus indeed did live, that he did uh, influence a number of people and a movement was started with him. I don't, I don't think anybody would deny that he existed. Uh, so, so I think you're, you're safe there. But I think more importantly uh, is a question, was, was Jesus God? Was he God made flesh? What the heck was that? Um, what was Jesus just a man? Was he human or was he God? And I think this goes back to our first question, do gods exist at all? So of course things are going to, to build up from that premise. If gods do, is, do exist, was Jesus uh, the man who was born and died in Palestine and, 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 and taught and revered, was he God? So if you believe in the possibility of the divine, uh, then, then you might believe that, that Jesus is God. You know, that's another place that you can get to. That's another... Uh, building thing that you can take apart and dissect was Jesus God then if you come to the conclusion that Jesus wasn't God that he was just a man the question is was this man's message uh, is it is it good for the world is it important uh, is it is it something that is unique right is is the message of Jesus good Right? Is it is it a good way to live in the world? Is it is it the answer for a lot of the world's problems? And if it is, is it unique? Is this message found anywhere else, or is this only found in Jesus? Um, 
that's another way you might start deconstructing, right? To, to, to consider those things. Uh, another, another thing you might, you know, talk about with faith is that if, if you believe Jesus is God, uh, did he have a mandate for mankind? Was he asking men to do a certain thing, right? Um, that's another thing you can start to deconstruct. So if, if Jesus was God, did we get his true message? And especially if you believe Jesus or God is good, believe God is good, uh, inherently good, and you believe that Jesus was God, and therefore inherently good, and you believe that Jesus did leave us um, a, a life to follow, or a, a way of life to follow. Uh, the question is, do we have it? Do, do we have a reasonable representation of his message, also known as the gospel, right? Do, do we have access to that? Uh, that's another part of your faith, maybe, that you can start deconstructing. And I'm just, this is just spitballing. This is no, this is not something I've actually written out, and I may disagree with a lot of this tomorrow if I re-listen to this. Uh, another thing you might, might start looking at about, you know, what's the nature of of the scriptural uh resources right so the the thing that we call the bible uh if you take all the christian books that are accepted as um divinely inspired let's say the the catholic canon for example which would incre include the apocrypha and and i believe what is it tobit and, and some other some other books that uh the book of enoch for example i think um if you take all the books that, that the greatest number of books that that people agree that are uh, divinely inspired, what is the na nature of divine inspiration? And, and what does that mean, right? Divine inspiration um, has gone into all kinds of uh, theologies on scripture, such as inerrancy of scripture or, um, you know, these kinds of things. And so there, there are groups of Christians who believe that that the Bible does represent um, God and, and what Jesus taught and what God wants us to know and are inspired by him, but uh, they are perhaps incomplete and imperfect. They're a part of the revelation that, that the divine wants us to have and to know, that that in part we can get it by reading these scriptures or by hearing these scriptures, but but there's more to it than that, right? Uh, that they're good writings, but they are not perfect in that they're not the 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 complete script of God, right? They're not they're not a a complete dictated. Uh, record of of what God wanted to say to man that they're they're incomplete they're very good uh, and they do can contain words of God perhaps and the will of God um, but 
there's a lot more there too. There there are inaccuracies and and errant uh, errors and things like this in the scripture. Uh, in other words, the scripture is not inerrant. It's not perfect. It's a part of what God wants us to say, or at least it is a an interpretation of what God wants to say to us by people who are trying to ascertain God's words, prophets and, and New, New Testament writers and what, what have you. Uh, that's another thing you can, you can start to deconstruct and, and come to a conclusion. I think it's, I, I think in today's world, uh, especially with the uh, evangelical and fundamentalist world, I think this is a really important place to start. What is the nature of the scriptures we've been given? How are they best used? And and what can we rely on them? What uh, how can what can we we rely on them to say that God wants us to know? What what do they say and what don't they say? Um, the inerrancy of scripture I think is a really important place to start <clears throat> and I think if that falls I think a lot of the other uh, a lot of other um, beliefs that we have will, will also be adjusted in line with that because that's a big one today, that's a very big one to me that's, that's as big as you know, is, is scripture inerrant, is as big a it is as an important a question as is God good right um, I think those are very big questions and those are great questions to ask um, yourself and to study and to, to come to a conclusion about and the reason we have to come to conclusions about these things is because we've been taught and told what to believe for so long We've been told just to swallow the pill and not to question what's in it, right? Just just believe it. Just tell the party line, what have you. Uh, and therefore, a lot of us have not thought critically about these issues. So we've got to the nature of the divine, the nature of God, the nature of Jesus, the nature of Scripture. And I think the next... A uh, logical thing would be the nature of what we call church or religion. <clears throat> how much of how church is done uh, today, whatever whatever that means in your context, and what's expected of you, right? And how people judge you or don't judge you on that. How much of that is in line with? <coughs> Not just scripture, but in line with the person of Christ, the, the, the person of Jesus. How much of what we do today was uh, ordered by or directed by Jesus himself? And how much of it is of human origin? How much of it is manufactured by people? That's a big thing to me. Uh, and I think that naturally is going to follow uh your feeling on scripture as, as the other things all follow as well. Um, the nature of the church and how the church operates and what people have been taught to believe about 
about church and about the Christian religion uh, is is a big domino that needs to be um, what do you call it clarified I guess it, it's something that needs to be considered it needs to be deconstructed I think in most people we need to get down to if 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 church is what Jesus wanted us to be, uh, wanted to leave us with, are we doing it right? Are we doing it in a way that that both honors the life and sacrifice of Christ and also the will of God? Right? Is is that is the way we're doing it right? Or uh, is it even was it even meant to be what it turned out to be? Right? Are we even close to the mark on being a a gathering of Jesus' followers? Right? Are we even close to that? And and the the rigid and regimented and ritualistic nature that religion has become is that even what Christ wanted? Right? And how close how close to what Christ wanted us to do and be? Is it? Uh, that's something that is really good to consider. The nature of church, right? Uh, so we have the nature of God, the nature of Jesus, the nature of Scripture, right? The nature of the, the writings of, of Christians and, and the Jews. Uh, and we have the nature of our gatherings, our our community, our Christian communities, our our you know localized families of Jesus followers, right? How how hit, was that turned out? And then you know you you just keep going. I mean, the, everything is going to have subcategories. You know, from this you get what is the nature of uh, people who believe and don't believe is there is there a, a difference between people who follow Christ and people who don't follow Christ uh, is there is there such a thing as saved and not saved and then what is the nature of salvation itself what does that mean what is salvation uh, is salvation something that happens? now? Is it something that, that happens after we die? Uh, what's the nature of heaven? And, and a big one, what's the nature of hell? And will will God punish people eternally, torture people eternally, uh, for not finding him in our short lives on earth? For not following him, for not accepting him, believing in him, what have you? Is this something that that a divine good being who supposedly loves all mankind is this something he would do uh, so you've got the nature of salvation you've got uh, the nature of church right what does it all mean the nature of you know people who try to follow Christ and people who don't church and non-church people right and then you have um, the nature of heaven and hell the afterlife what's 
what's what's it all gonna come to right what's the trajectory of of all this Jesus stuff and religious stuff and what is the nature of all the other non Jesus based religions how do they fit in in what way do they reflect the divine and, and in what way are they against that right and is Christianity any more does Christianity reflect more the will of God than than other world religions or are they are are they all pointing toward the same goal in some way shape or form uh, yeah soteriology or the, the nature of salvation right is is a was a big thing for me to deconstruct very big thing uh, another one heaven and hell is huge by the way deconstructing hell was oh deconstructing hell was heaven for me it just answered so many so many longings that I had you know uh, and then let's see there was another oh the, the nature of eternity, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be granted eternal life? What does it mean to have this abundant eternal life that Jesus promised? I think, I think what caused me to go down a uh, road of deconstruction was the realization that no matter how hard I tried and how hard I worked and how much I served and how much I learned and how much scripture I read uh, and how often I went to religious gatherings, no matter what I did, the religion, the religion I was seeking failed to live up to its promises. It failed to live up to uh, the things that that religion and church said that we we were given by Christ because we were Jesus followers, it just failed to live up to that. It always seemed like there had to be more, that there had to be better than this. If if we are in the the chosen elect group of God-following and God-fearing people, if we are the children of promise, the true children of Abraham, why don't we feel better about it? Why isn't there more healing in the world? Why do we, why do we seem to push people away? Why does religion not live up to its promise? What is missing? Something must be wrong. Right? Whether it's wrong with me uh, or something wrong with, with the religion or the way we look at scripture or our, our opinions on who God is and who Christ is. Something must be wrong. Right? Something's off. It's not living up to the promise. It's not, it's not doing what it promised to do. I don't feel 
saved, right? And the message that I try to give other people about salvation does not seem to make their lives better. Something's missing. We're missing something. And I I think it was that realization um, that no matter how hard I tried, things were always going to be difficult. Sorry, could you say that again? Uh, That realization, I think, led me to... uh, to deconstruct. And I, I started deconstructing, probably my path of deconstruction started with forms of church. Like my my realization that, that church could be done in many ways, that, that we could we could have church, sure, in a building that was a dedicated church building, but we could have church at home. We could we could have church in a restaurant or in a barn or in a park, uh, that there was really no limit to what church could be um, and that and that maybe a lot of those forms of church might be better than the one we have now for many reasons um, so yeah I, I came to that realization probably that was probably one of the very first things that I started to deconstruct and there are a few other things that I think I deconstructed fairly early on uh, about my own fundamentalist background and, and the choices that were made that, that a lot of people thought were um, the will of God, but I could see that, well, no, actually, that's just a choice we've made. It's not some standard that we need to hold anybody else to. I, I think I even saw that in high school, I think, with some things. Um, and maybe that's where I started, actually. I don't know, but... From that point on to where I really started deconstructing things was probably 20 years. Uh, And then all the dominoes started falling. Now I do want to say this. um, Though though I did deconstruct at quite a deep level on a lot of areas, uh, I still have faith in Christ. I still have faith in Christ. Uh, I have a certain amount of faith in Scripture. I don't think of Scripture the way I used to, but I have a, an, an amount of faith that tells me that Scripture is probably the best book that's ever been written, and in it is contained words and ideas uh, and, and examples that were I to follow would make my life better and, and the lives better of people in my context, whether it's my family or my friends or my co-workers or whatever. Uh, I, I still have a great deal of faith that, that Christians, uh, people who, I, I mean the true word, the true meaning of the word Christian, which would be people who actually follow uh, Christ and try to be Christ-like in the world and believe that uh, the way Christ was in the world is how we should be in the world. That that Christ tells us who God is, um, and God is like Christ, not Christ is like God. In other words, uh, the standard for who God is is found in Christ, and that's largely found in the Gospels and other references, but mostly the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four books. Um, 
I have a lot of faith in that, and I have faith that 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 Jesus did love the world, as John three sixteen says that he loved the world so much that he sent his son uh, that we might have salvation, whatever that means, right? Uh, I have a very broad uh, salvation net. I believe the net of salvation covers. Uh, the entire creation, whatever God set to create, it is covered by salvation. Uh, call me a universalist, if you will, uh, but I think as far as God's concerned, he has redeemed uh, and made right everything and everyone. Uh, he's, he's given us all a... He's punched all of our tickets to some kind of an afterlife with him that, that he is not going to torture uh, anyone in hell um, and yet and yet uh, if we don't live well in the world we're in a kind of hell anyway we cause hell around us and, and I think that's what the nature of Gehenna is that Jesus was trying to get to um, that that heaven and the way the way to be heavenly is to live a loving way in the world, to be um, governed by love, and that our life follow a path of love, that we love everyone, that we consider everyone as, as important and valuable uh, and worthy of the love of God, and that we try to uh, tell them how much God loves them. Um, I didn't mean to do this to get into my faith, but I thought I should, you know, have a little caveat, at, you know, at the end. Um, there are a million other ways to deconstruct your faith, but what I would tell you is figure out what questions you have. What What is the burning question that you have in your mind? Does it have to do with Scripture? Does it have to do with the nature of the divine? Does it have to do with the message of Christ or the church uh, or different theological points start there start with the question that's that that you're wanting to ask start with that question and then uh, figure out what you believe about it and then start asking yourself why you believe that and do you have a good reason to believe that and is there something else that you might believe were you to allow yourself to uh, go down that road and I think that's just honesty uh, and I don't think honesty is ever going to be bad. Be honest about your questions. And the other thing is, I would say, be careful who you allow to know about your questions. There are people who are close to you that if you let them know you are questioning certain things, uh, you may lose them as friends. That's just the nature of um, being in a, a cult-like environment, which many, many churches are. Um, they don't allow you to question. And what they do in that is they, they reveal their own dishonesty and ask you to be dishonest. And uh, Please don't give in to that. If you have questions, um, by all means, uh, start deconstructing. I hope, I hope you do have somebody who you can safely uh, deconstruct with who will accept your doubts and your questions and will listen to you 
And if you have somebody who has deconstructed, hopefully they can help guide you through the process because it can be a very dark and a very scary journey for some people. But uh, just know that at the end of honest questions is light. There's light at the end of your honest questions. Um, I believe that. It's something I believe. So, yeah, I, I would say if, if somebody wants you to tell them your story about deconstructing, uh, I think it's better to ask them what they, what they want to deconstruct. What, what is the question they have? And just listen to them and help them start talking through it. Uh, give them space and give them acceptance. And, and I think, uh, you know, as long as you're honestly asking those questions, I don't think it can be a bad thing. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.